This is the message from Connection Community Church for Sunday, December 12th, 2021. The lights of Christmas, the light of peace. Well, good morning again, Connection Community Church. Thank you so much for joining us, both here on location and those of you who are joining us online. We're like people all over the country are joining us. Dave in Orlando, how you doing? Flying your plane in Orlando? It's got to be rough. David Ely, it's like really rough, yeah. Um, anyway, CJ, good to see you. Um, so there's a lot of people online. There's like over a lot of households. Uh, we are honored and blessed that you're here. Our mission is to connect people with Jesus and the new life he offers. And we are two sinners who have been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Would you pray with us, please? Almighty God, thank you so much for joining us here and everywhere that people are under the sound of our voices, Lord. Thank you for drawing us together, one church, many locations. Settle us in, oh God. It's hard to feel settled during a time like this, but settle us in so that we might hear your word found in Scripture, so that we might dig a little bit deeper into what it means. Peace. We thank you, God, and we give you this time in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So today we're talking about the light of peace. Peace. The word peace is found 249 times in the New International Version of Scripture. It's roughly one-third more than we find the word hope. We talked about hope last week, and there's more references to peace than there is hope. And so this idea of peace must be pretty important when it comes to God's kingdom here on earth. We're going to take a couple of minutes and dive in and explore what this idea of peace is all about. And so we often think of peace as the absence of war, the absence of conflict, the absence of disagreement. And peace is all of those things, that's for sure. But when we're talking about peace from a biblical sense, from a theological sense, from a Christian sense, it is so much more than just that. In the Old Testament, there are primarily two Hebrew words that translate into English as peace. The, the first is the word sikat, which means to be at rest, to be at quiet, to be calm, to be at peace. It's, it's the word usually used in terms of a break from hostilities, uh, an absence of war. It's the word translated as peace in Judges 8.28, which says, thus Midian, that was a a country that was constantly contrary to the, to the Israelites. Midian was subdued before the Israelites and did not raise its head again. During Gideon's time, excuse me, during Gideon's lifetime, the land had peace or a lack of hostility, lack of war for 40 years. Peace, quiet, calm, absence of hostilities, no war, sakat. On the other hand, when Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah, talks about the coming Messiah, he uses the expression prince of peace. And that's the Hebrew word 
shalom. It's different than what Alan just said. Shalom is translated as, as peace in this, in this way. In fact, the word shalom is found much more often in scripture than the word sequat. So what kind of peace are we talking about when we say shalom? Shalom means harmony with God and with one another. It means whole, complete, tranquil, safe. It means not only to be at peace with those around us, including God, but also to be at peace with oneself. And it's not just an in individual thing. Shalom is a community thing. So if you're not at peace, but I'm feeling at peace, actually there isn't peace because as a community, it's important to experience shalom. That is why here at Connection Community Church, we have made it incredibly important to have certain Sundays set aside to try to understand each other, to try to grow together and learn about each other because that's how shalom comes about as we come about as a family of God to understand one another. There needs to be safety and security. That's what shalom is for all. As Jason Sarosky shares in his March 3rd, 2021 blog entitled, What Does Shalom Mean and Why Is It Important? He says this, he says, in the beginning, as in Genesis 1-1, in the beginning, all creation was in a state of shalom, perfect shalom, perfect peace. Everything was in harmony, complete, unified, safe, whole, and then Adam and Eve chose poorly. And sin destroyed shalom. And humankind has been broken and trying to regain shalom ever since. This is what Sarosky uh, writes. He says, the fallen world we live in with its violence, heartache, pain, and death are very visible results of the shalom that was lost so very long ago. In the New Testament, the second part of the Bible, the New Testament's where we learn about the life and ministry of Jesus Christ and resurrection. Um, even though Jesus and his followers spoke Hebrew, the Bible was translated in Greek. And the Greek word for shalom is arene. Say arene. Arene. In fact, almost without exception, this word translated in peace in the New Testament, shalom, arene, means harmony, tranquility safety, welfare, welfare. You know, if your welfare is fine and mine isn't, that's not shalom, it's welfare. Uh, lack of strife, reconciliation in relationship, as in peace with God. And so again, this idea of peace goes far beyond the absence of war, far beyond the absence of hostility and the cessation of hostilities. Mm. It's interesting, though, to say Jesus is the Prince of Peace in some ways may even seem a little ironic. Here at Christmas season, we were aware that his birth brought about a situation that was anything but tranquil as 
King Herod, the king at the time, uh, when he learned from the wise men that there was a king of the Jews had been born, there's a rival king, he's thinking, was born up to two years previous to their visit. I mean, he had all the boys two years and younger uh, slaughtered out of fear of this rival king. That doesn't sound like shalom, does it? As Jesus went about his ministry of preaching and teaching, healing the sick, forgiving sins, casting out demons, raising the dead, he was surrounded by controversy, contention, and criticism. That doesn't sound like peace, does it? In all four Gospels, not all stories you'll find in all four, but this one you find in all four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Jesus wreaked havoc on the shysters who were taking advantage of the people at the temple who were selling overpriced sacrificial birds and overcharging for exchanging their money. He literally overturned the tables and, and drove them out. Doesn't sound like peace or shalom, does it? Jesus misunderstood. He was maligned, but he could not, he would not compromise truth. He could not, would not compromise what righteousness looks like, unconditional love looks like. And so it took, if that's what it took for people around him to learn about peace, um, Jesus was the one to turn everything upside down and give us a new look. But he sure did upset those in religious power who wanted to keep the status quo. Remember, the status quo often kept people out. And Jesus was all about bringing people in. Peace, shalom, irene, does not mean sacrificing what is right to have for the sake of harmony. Ultimately, peace comes when we are focused on, when we're committed to, when we are living for Jesus Christ. And it's in our relationship with him and one another that we do find harmony and peace and safety and wholeness and contentment. It's in Jesus and Jesus alone. It's in Christ and Christ alone that we do find shalom. It's hard. Things are upside down and crazy around us. But Jesus brings this shalom. We find in uh, the passage that Isaiah wrote, the prophet Isaiah, this passage is often quoted at Christmas, and it talks about this concept of shalom, mm. of peace. Yeah, Isaiah fact, 9, 6 and 7. We just quoted it last week. In fact, virtually every scripture we're going to read, share this morning, we, we use a lot in, in church. These are not novel, one-off one scriptures, but there's a reason for it because they're often heard but they also, that's why they have so much meaning and, and depth to us. So here we go with Isaiah. For to us a child is born, uh, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and, and he will be called, say it with me, Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the, of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing, upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. 
The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Wow. So we shared last week that God gave Isaiah this prophecy a lot of years ago. Anybody remember how many years? 700. You get a gold star. 700. Pick it up after the service. Yeah. Prince of Peace. Think about this. He will reign with justice and righteousness. Doesn't that sound good? Justice and righteousness. In fact, it sounds too good to be true. Because actually in this culture, it is. It is. We live in a broken world. We live in a sin-filled world. We live in a world full of heartache and hurt. And yet, and yet Jesus, the Messiah, the anointed one, the Savior of the world, came to bring that peace to our lives, to our hearts, so that in spite of what's around us, we can still be at peace. In the book of John, fourth book in the New Testament of the Bible, Jesus has a heart-to-heart with his disciples. We shared this just a couple of weeks ago again, but again, worth repeating. He was preparing them for life without him, uh, Uh, life after his death, resurrection, and ascension to sit at the right hand of the Father. Life with them in spirit rather than in the flesh. And he says to them, he says to them, do not let your hearts be troubled. Wow, that's, we all ought to listen to that pretty closely, shouldn't we? Do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. And And then he goes on to uh, to share a little bit of, uh, more when he says that his father's house has many rooms and he goes to prepare a place for them. He, he tells them that he is the way, the truth, and the life. He tells them that if they've seen him, they've seen the father, you know, like father, like son. And, and, and then he promises them that he'll ask the father to send someone when he's no longer with them, the advocate, the Holy Spirit, who will teach them, and will remind them of everything that Jesus has said to them, everything Jesus has taught them. And then Jesus says this, John 14, 27, New International Version. Jesus says, peace I leave with you. Wow. Can you just feel that? Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I I just feel I'm all sitting there taking a deep breath. Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. I do not give as the world gives. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not be afraid. Wow. So in John 14 and 15 and 16 and on, Jesus is preparing his disciples for when he's no longer with them. It's interesting that he shares this scripture, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, because all of his disciples uh, were told, except for John, the one who wrote this account, were martyred for their faith. They lost their lives for Jesus. Now, John uh, was imprisoned and sent off to the island of Patmos, Uh, That was his prison. But that's where he wrote the book of Revelation, which is a very interesting book. So 
How is it that Jesus left them his peace, yet their lives, in a lot of ways, resulted in, in pain, anything but peace, at least from the world's perspective? And that's the key, from the world's perspective. Mm. So that's the thing about the peace we're talking about. It's not about our surroundings. It's not about uh, what people say to us, what people do to us. The peace that we find in Jesus supersedes the things that would normally threaten us, deter us, scare us, unnerve us. When we truly know the peace that the Prince of Peace brings, we're able to deal with just about anything. Even those things that we didn't think we could handle. It's what the Apostle Paul was talking about in his letter to the church at Philippi. This is Philippians 4, 4 through 7, New International Version. Again, we share this frequently because it's just such a powerful message. Paul wrote this. He wrote, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Boy, that's a mouthful right there, isn't it? Let your gentleness be evident to all the Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything. Well, that sounds like be at peace right there, doesn't it? Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition. There's the key. Prayer and petition. Petition, asking. Prayer and petition with thanksgiving. With thanksgiving. Be thankful. Present your requests to God. And see, here's the result of that. This is what happens when you're able to prayer and petition God, seeking his help and thanksgiving for all that has happened and will happen. When, that, when, you, well, when we do all those things, the peace of God, which, trans, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. This yeah. scripture really has um, some special meaning to me. A lot of years ago, um, pre-ministry, uh, young mom, there was a situation that was anything but peaceful. And I'm, I'm not going to share about it, but the details aren't important. What's, what I want to share is that day after day, night after night, there was just such a lack of, of peace in my heart. And um, it was really hard. And I was seeking the Lord through this night after night after night and praying and reading scripture. And um, one night, I opened my Bible and it, it fell open to this Philippians 4 and this particular scripture that Alan read. And when my eyes looked at the page, the word peace of God, the word peace, it was like it was backlit. It, I mean, it was like it was highlighted, but it was light. It was backlit coming through. And I've never had that happen since. It, it was a one-off, but I know it was a gift from God. Because God needed me to know that despite what was going on, God was still with us and would carry us through the hard 
day, night, day, night, day, night, over and over and over again. And I appreciate so much the way that God speaks to us. That's really creative. It got my attention. And so um, the situation did not change for a while, but my heart was different because I felt, um, I felt the presence of the Lord in a way that I hadn't before. Mm. So there's a woman by the name of uh, Megan Faulkner. She spent her teenage years here at Connection Church. Uh, beautiful girl inside and out. And uh, her parents are Susan and Jason Faulkner, proud parents sitting there, <laughs> smiling broadly. And uh, so, so Megan is currently, and has been for several years, quite, quite a few years, in youth ministry at Ocean Grove Church in Ocean Grove, New Jersey. By the way, Ocean Grove's a uh, uh, a Methodist camp, you know, the old camps. It's a continuing Methodist camp up there. Anyway, Megan uh, is in youth ministry, but she also has a faith-based podcast entitled Wife Me Up. You'll have to ask her where that title came from. I don't know. But it's designed to encourage, inspire, and entertain. And in this week's edition, season three, episode nine, as part of a four-part pre-Christmas special, she she talks about peace. <laughs> Go figure. And in that podcast, Megan shares this. She shares that the need to control, to not be able to let go of things, to hold on tight, thinking that I know what's best, is actually contrary to our finding peace. Interesting. She says that it is only when we do let go and when we do hand those things over that are bringing us challenge, anxiety, pain, unrest, strife, fear, you name it. Only when we're able to let those things go and give them to Jesus, the Prince of Peace, it's then and only then that we will find shalom, that we will find peace. And then she quotes the well-known scripture, again, scripture we use here often, but it's well worth repeating, scripture that reminds us of Jesus' desire to exchange our burdens for his. Matthew eleven twenty-eight through 30, New International Version, Jesus said this, he said, come to me, all who are weary and burdened. Does anybody now or at one point in real life fit that description? Come to me, all who are weary. I think it refers to all of us at some time or other maybe even right now. Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. That's another word for peace, isn't it? I will give you rest. Boy, doesn't that just, just saying that puts me at peace. I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, that thing that we, we, we control what ox and how we can get work out of ox. Take my yoke upon you, that thing and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. And you will find, here's that word again, rest. Sounds the same like peace. You will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Wow. So true confession, I was in small group on Friday morning, Susan's in my small group, and after we finished our study, we um, 
we go around and kind of say the state of our, our soul, our heart. And, and I confess that I was really struggling because I was going to have to preach on peace today. And all around me, including some of my own self inside, I'm feeling anything but peace. It's just such a crazy time. I don't even have some words for it. And uh, Susan said, well, if you listen to Megan's podcast, and like, wow. I did. And I realize, and I'm going to take it with me, that most of the situations where I'm feeling the most hyped out, yesterday was a bad day for me. It's, it's amazing Alan is standing here beside me right now. I was just like, Barry, <sighs> it's good you weren't around. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, you know how I get? Barry, be glad. Driven. Be glad. No idea. <laughs> but but this, this, this thing about peace is when we are trying to control things, trying to make things happen, trying to fix things, trying to make everything right for everybody, Devin, and <laughs> Megan's right. It's a control thing. So I'm just going to submit that wisdom to you from Megan to examine when you're feeling that. Is it, is it control? Is it having trouble letting go? And it could be about any situation, any situation at all. So I am now a podcast fan of Wife Me Up, and you can be too. All right, let's get back to this. On the <laughs> night that Jesus was born, there were shepherds camping in the neighborhood, and they were caring for their sheep, and an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone all around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. Again, a pretty well, anybody heard this before? Maybe, maybe once or twice? <laughs> maybe annually if you're in church <laughs> every Christmas time. It never gets old, does it? Never gets old. That's because of what it shares with us. The, the angel told them to not be afraid. I, uh, this is one place where I like the King James because they really fear not. I, I like that, just fear not. In other words, in other words, be at peace. Be at peace. It's not an unusual message at Christmas time, is it? Fear not. Uh, an angel visited uh, Zechariah, the father of John the baptizer. Different John than the one who wrote you know, John, but the baptized, he was Jesus' cousin. He was the one who forged the way, uh, found a path in the wilderness, uh, went ahead of Jesus, telling him to repent. And um, his father, when, when he was in the temple and an angel visited, he, he, he was fearful. And the angel said to him, fear not. Joseph, Joseph was fearful to take Mary as his wife 
after he found out she was pregnant and he was not the father. And an angel visited him in a dream. And the angel said to him, fear not. When the angel Gabriel visited Mary to tell her she'd found favor with God and she would carry his son, she would be pregnant with God's son, he was fearful. I don't know if it was fearful because of she's going to carry God's son or just this appearance of this angel has to be something because when angels appear, it, it strikes fear in people. But here again, the angel told her to fear not. And then the shepherds in the field, same thing, fear not. In all those cases, the normal everyday reaction would be to be fearful, either because of the message or because of the uh, sight of an angel or both of the above. But again and again and again and again and again, the angel tells them to fear not. Fear not. That's that peace that Paul talks about that transcends, that passes, that goes beyond all normal thinking, all of our rational thinking, that transcends all understanding. In other words, it doesn't make sense to be at peace in those situations because they're anything but peaceful, and yet we're called by God to be at peace through Him, through Christ. That peace that passes, that transcends all understanding. It's, it's an out-of-this-world kind of peace. A peace that only comes with a relationship with Jesus Christ, with being able to let go and let Jesus carry our burdens, our pains, our challenges. Jesus and Jesus alone brings the peace, the light of peace to a world that is so dark so often, a world that's so frightening a world that's in such turmoil, so often in chaos, so often in disharmony, so often in disagreement, so often in conflict, so often at war. And so we're at the point in the message where we ask the question, so what about you? What about you? Are you at peace or are you struggling with peace? I I find for me, Some days I am, and some days I'm not. And here we, you know, we thought that the COVID thing was behind us, and, you know, I've heard in the last few days seven people I know who are sick. That alone is frightening. Like, who's next? But then I I look out, and I know that Many of us are struggling with some really, really hard stuff that would bring us anything but peace. There could be health concerns for ourselves or from, for people that we love. There could be relationship challenges that are just devastating. There could be job things that are beyond what we can handle on our own. There could be a, a feeling of depression or darkness in our lives. There's, you know, anxiety is out the roof right now. And it just seems like there's anything but peace. But we're here to tell you that Jesus came for times like this. He came so that when we hit that wall, that moment, 
that Jesus is bigger and Jesus is greater. And so just taking a step back and instead of buying into the voices in our head or into the situation which we can't control, that our countenance would be lifted toward God and these words, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not let them be afraid to plug into that. Put on some music that, you know, lifts the Lord's name on high. Go to scripture, call a friend, spend time in prayer because God's peace can and will transcend it all. And we can feel peace in the midst of our circumstance. That's why he came. So that's the good news of the scripture. That's the good news of the gospel. Let's live it. And let's believe it. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Almighty God, thank you so much for your word found in Scripture. Over and over and over again, you tell us to fear not. Over and over and over again, you, you call us to submit and to lay our burdens down. Thank you for being greater. Thank you for breathing life into us each and every day. Thank you for getting us up this morning so that we could be here with you in, in this place and in our homes. And I pray, Lord, that we can take that peace that you give and share it with others. It's not about just showing up here, Lord. It's, it's about taking, taking it out to the streets and be an encourager to someone who might need a precious word. So I'm grateful, Lord, to be in this community of faith where we can hold each other up and have an accountability so that together, whether we're here the first time or the hundredth time, we can live out our mission to connect people with Jesus and the new life that your son Jesus, the Savior of the world, offers. I pray this in the name of the Father and the Son and by the power of the Holy Spirit. Everybody agreed and said, Amen. Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church in Middletown, Delaware, please visit our website at justshowup.church. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the life he offers.